And if I'm telling my client to go ahead and try something, even if you fail, I need to make sure I'm trying things, even if I fail. And so it's helped me in a sense to be that leader because I have to lead myself in order to lead them. Hey, everybody, this is Jennifer Navarrete. Welcome to the Walk Chalk Challenge. This is the show where we walk around and we talk about entrepreneurial goals and challenges with women entrepreneurs and women of Web3. Now, if you're going, Jennifer, I don't hear the birds singing. Jennifer, I don't hear the wind blowing. Well, you would be right because this is actually a re-recorded session with the fabulous Graciela Moore. Twitter was being less than on the day that we recorded our Walk Talk session. So please know that we have both walked and talked and this is simply an opportunity for us to capture the gold nuggets of wisdom and insight that we grab from Graciela. So Graciela, welcome to the Walk Talk Challenge. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited and you're so hilarious. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, so the the first time we had such a really great dynamic conversation and we learned a lot about one another and we really kind of explored all of the many facets of your businesses uh, with an S folks, because uh, when you're an entrepreneur, you're usually doing more than one thing, but Graciela has really embraced all the things that she is interested in, as well as leaning into the talents that she has, just these God-given things. And she's really invested into those and blossomed and helps others. So Graciela, as someone who is involved in multiple business opportunities, both things for you, just you, but also with your husband and things that you've done over the years, can you share some of that with our audience? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I used to sell essays in high school, so I feel like a lot of it started very early on selling homework. Nice. <laughs> Nobody wanted to do their English essays and I always volunteered so I could practice more. I was such a nerd. And uh, in exchange, I sometimes would barter for like math homework and whatnot, right? Because I never liked math. I don't think we shared that the first time around, but yeah. No, this is bonus stuff, folks. <laughs> That's right. Oh my gosh. So I've been collecting antique and vintage jewelry since I was about 14 years old. And I'm talking very old pieces of jewelry, 50 years old, 100 years old. And so one of my very first businesses um, was that Etsy shop that I love so much. And I've been able to trade and exchange and even design wedding pieces for people locally with my vendors here in Florida. And so that's been a wonderful journey to to just dive into that aspect of business, you know, with the help of Etsy, right? And with all the guidelines and whatnot, Etsy is supposed to be just handmade or vintage pieces. And I take pride in knowing that my shop is for real, right? And so I have my little Etsy shop and my own clients that I deal with when it comes to jewelry that are here and we work face to face. And then um, we're both realtors. So as real estate agents, we tend to just work independently and, and have our own business when it comes to that. I'm also a notary public. What? So I get to marry people every once in a while. And I actually love doing that. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yes. Um, I've, I've had bilingual weddings and gay weddings. And it's just amazing to be able to be the one to marry people and to bring such joy to other people like that. And then I feel like when it became time to kind of like level up from real estate, I had a good time helping people through buying and selling real estate. People move from all over the world to Florida. I 
sometimes don't understand why. But uprooting your whole family to bring them across the world or across the country to Florida, that can be very, not necessarily traumatic, but is a huge major life event, especially for children and whatnot. So there's a lot of hand-holding so that transitions and transactions go smoothly because we don't want it to fall apart. In real estate, you don't get paid until it closes. So you could spend months with a client and then if if a transaction falls apart, nobody gets paid, right? And so there was a lot of coaching done through real estate as a buyer's specialist, as someone who would handhold people through the journey of buying a home But I wanted to level up. And when becoming a certified coach became a thing, I felt like that was just it for me. And I invested a lot (laughs) in my certification and feel like I graduated from just helping people with their real estate deals and just actually helping them with live design and, and just building the life that they want. Because I know from experience that it's possible. You know, I like how you said that you invested in yourself into the coaching because that's what it is. A lot of times you hear people say, oh, that cost me a lot of money or I spent this. But when you're investing in yourself, when you're learning something new, when you're adding a new knowledge base or tool set or skill set into your ability to serve whatever your mission and message is, it's an investment, folks. And I think a lot of times if we think about those things, if we frame it differently, all of a sudden we can recognize it for the value that it has in our lives. And so I'm listening to you and I'm sitting here nodding my head like a bobblehead because I completely get where you're going with this and it makes so much sense. And it it's like this natural growth and progression of your business because I can guess that when you were swapping homework that you probably weren't aware that you were going to expand in this way but yet it seems like it's this natural growth and natural progression that is a very organic part of who you are as an entrepreneur as a businesswoman as a person here on planet earth absolutely yeah and I think it also dates back to that very first interest in jewelry when I was 13 and 14 I had my very first summer job and it was not just about getting the things that I wanted for myself like the shoes that I wanted or the bag that I wanted for school or whatever it was also about like already spending money on jewelry that I could then resell And so that entrepreneurial mindset of I'm spending this much, but I'm going to upsell it for a little bit more. And that then becomes an investment. It was always kind of there. And also my grandfather used to flip homes in Puerto Rico. So I grew up with a very open mind about buying a property, flipping it and then selling it for more, even though I wasn't really interested in that. And my dad never got into it. And even us in real estate, we don't flip houses. We're not in that aspect of the industry. The whole idea of investing your money to then flip it has always been very present. And I still do it. So it's still an investment for me to go to an antique store and see a ring that I know is more valuable than the price tag that it has. So I'm going to invest in it, clean it, flip it and put it in my Etsy shop for double the amount or, you know, sometimes even more. And and they do sell because there's a lot of value in diamonds and in gold. So I've always been very driven when it came to that. 
And at the same time, I'm also very attached to some things like there's pieces of jewelry that I would hate to part with. I don't care how poor I am. I'm never going to get rid of them. And at the same time, books that probably are worthless, but they just hold a a huge chunk of my heart. So I just I'm never going to get rid of some things. But yeah, investing in things like that. And right now we have a vinyl record store that we are investing in and tons of vinyl because they're back in fashion. You know, I'm with you on the books thing. There are books that I have that are packed up and the natural thing would be, what do you need those for? They need to go away. But the books are a snapshot in time in my life of what was happening, who I was, what I learned, all those pieces. So when I hold those books that I have read probably many times in my hands, it is not the physical book in and of itself. It's me and that book and that moment in time. So I totally get where you're going with this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's the stories um, behind them. And I'm a literature major. So I have a lot of books and it took years for me to get them from Puerto Rico to Florida, but they're here. And I just love that they're here. (laughs) As a woman entrepreneur, we all have goals. We all have challenges. Running a business, it isn't all wine and roses, nor is it all thunder, clouds and storms. It's a mix of both at various times. What are some of the goals and some of the challenges that you've encountered that you've been able to meet or something that was like a lesson learned that our listeners can kind of glean some knowledge from? So as an entrepreneur with an online presence, I feel like one of my goals is always to just reach a broader audience. Not every business owner has an online presence, but I've been creating content for over a decade now. And when I became a coach, that was very clear for me that I was going to be one of those coaches online with a presence in social media because I was already there with my jewelry stuff and all of that. And so it's it's not something I can necessarily sleep on because then you start losing followers. And when it comes to the amount of followers that we get, people like publishers or entrepreneurs in general tend to equate numbers of followers with other things, even if they're not correlated. So all of that to say, it's always a goal to just reach more people and to advance in the social media arena as a business owner. And not everybody has that goal. And then, of course, I do have my own personal goals of like signing three clients the next month or signing five clients or coaching to 10 people or having 10 people come to my moon meditations. And so I do have those numbers. But at the same time, I don't let those numbers deter me because I just feel like when it comes to coaching and helping people with their life or with their business or with their content creation as the consulting that I do, it really is about relationships. And I am just as happy with two clients as I would be with more. At the end of the day, it really just depends on who those clients are, whether I'm doing group coaching or one-on-one coaching. So it varies a lot. Yeah. So let's talk about challenges because the fact is that we can have the best laid plans right? and all of a sudden something comes out of sideways. And sometimes those things that come out of sideways reinforce that, okay, we need to keep pressing forward. And sometimes it informs us in a new direction. Yeah. And I feel like I never took, you know, for example, let's talk about the newsletter. After 10 years in social media, and even after launching my coaching business, I didn't really pay that close attention to the newsletter or really didn't mind 
promoting it, encouraging people to sign up for it until we had that blackout from Facebook and Instagram, I would say like early either this year or late last year. And it was like six hours of not being able to do any of those. Now, someone like me, who's been attached to the hip to these apps for the past decade, I was going crazy. I didn't know what to do with myself. I was biting my nails. I was bored out of my mind. I was scared that we would lose everything. And so it really opened my eyes to the value of the newsletter, because it's really those people that might be in touch with me after or if any of these apps just go kaput. And really, we shouldn't be putting all of our eggs into one of them. And also, that drove me to start creating content on Twitter as well, because I've been on Instagram for over a decade. And that's been wonderful. And I have a ton of followers there. But what if Instagram just disappears? What am I going to do? And so it created this realization of let's start from zero and it's okay. So I went ahead and I started from zero on Twitter and that's been okay. Um, I lost my TikTok account and I had like 200 and some followers there. I have no idea where that account went. A week ago, I decided to open another one and start from zero again. And so being able to just see things from a different perspective, just because you just don't know what's going to happen, just opened my eyes a little bit to well, I need to put my eggs on a more sustainable, you know, platform or in a more sustainable basket, that being my newsletter. And so it was a challenge for me because I was really struggling when that blackout happened. I don't know if you were there, but it was there were a lot of us struggling that day. Um, I probably spend more time on Twitter and LinkedIn. So I remember that that outage, but because I was on these other platforms, I could still communicate, but I hear what you're saying. And the thing that you really said that struck me is this whole thing of shared or earned or whether we own it. And a newsletter is your list that you own. And if you think about that, and that's that's really the powerful piece here is that if everything disappeared, and that's a really good way to look at it, is that if all of these social platforms disappeared, could you still connect with the people who are interested in what you have to say and with your audience, with your listeners, with the folks who are your rabid fans, could you? And in a lot of cases, for most of us, the answer is no. We couldn't, if Twitter went down, if LinkedIn went down, if Facebook and Instagram went down and YouTube went down, I mean, I have a newsletter, but like you, I haven't really paid that much attention to it. It's there. I occasionally release something. I'm not really good about it. So you're really giving me some food for thought here. And it isn't like I haven't heard that before. You need to build your new email list. You need to build your news. I've heard that for years and years. But just hearing your story right now, I'm like, ooh, Jennifer, you need to get on that. So I'm so glad you're sharing this. Yes, I know. And mine goes out every week. And sometimes I don't even know what the topic is going to be. I have no idea what I'm doing for the newsletter for this week. But I push through it. I come up with something. I sometimes as creators, we have no idea exactly what the creation will be. But pushing ourselves to it that there comes that practice into place. And I just, I don't know, all of a sudden, there's the newsletter, and it is what it is for this week. But here it is to at least touch base with everyone. And I actually do it twice, because my newsletter is originally from MailerLite, and I have a number of subscribers there that get it from my website, but then I cannot put MailerLite into my Twitter. So when it comes to review, I just copy paste it from the MailerLite into the review. And so I have two different 
newsletters with a different amount of subscribers on both, but it is what it is until Twitter allows for other newsletters to be on the profile. I'll just use both of them. It really is just a few extra minutes of my time. So let's grab the crystal ball and let's look into the future. Knowing what you know now, looking back to where you've come from and how you've developed your businesses. And we have plans, we have ideas, but grab your crystal ball and let's see, where do you see this growth of your business or is it shifting of your business or is it maybe releasing some aspects of your business? What do you see uh, moving forward? I honestly see it in person. (laughs) So I do all of my coaching and my moon meditations. Everything is done on Zoom. I have clients in Vietnam and all over the place. And that's wonderful. But at the same time, I want to bring my little moon meditations to the local arena. And I would love to just have a space that is ours, possibly along with that vinyl store that we are hoping to open up sometime soon and have it be some place where locals can gather twice a month to do this virtually like in person not just on zoom and that will be wonderful i feel like bringing my coaching to the one-on-one in-person setting will just put me one step ahead in the local area for public speaking as well That's one of my goals is to be an official public speaker where people hire me to do public speaking appearances. That would be wonderful. And I struggle with most of the same challenges that everybody struggles, I feel like, like imposter syndrome all of the time. I've done a very good job at shutting people out that would put me down for the things that I would want to do. Sometimes our families can be our best supporters for some people, but for others, our families are not. They are the complete opposite. Well, you know, why are you doing this? You should have a job or you should have a nine to five or, you know, you think you're so creative, but not really and blah, blah, blah. And that was a huge challenge for me because I come from a very toxic environment. And so to understand That if I am creative, I can work from home and do whatever and monetize and be in the comfort of my home and that it's okay for me to do it and that it has as much merit as any other job. It took me a while and I feel like shutting those people out really helped, but then I have to deal with it on my own. So I struggle with some of the same challenges that most people struggle with as well. And you probably know very well that as an entrepreneur, financially speaking, it's also like an up and down. It's not necessarily necessarily like a go, 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 monetize and get the same amount every month. It's really inconsistent. And I feel like if I didn't have a husband who supported me, not just financially, but psychologically speaking, you know, you can do it. I believe in you. Let's go ahead and invest the time and money that it takes. I wouldn't be doing the things that I'm doing. So having that support is huge. I couldn't agree more. The support system that you gather around you is a big part of success. Sometimes the support system is you and you only because no one else knows what the heck you're talking about, nor do they understand what you're doing and you're bucking the the norm and everyone else has a job and what, you know, what are you doing? So I call those the naysayers. And I think we all deal with that. If you're an entrepreneur, you are bucking the norm. You are going against what is traditional and what most folks expect from you. But I also know that if we didn't have it planted inside of us, we weren't born with this to get our mission out there to speak our message that it wouldn't have been placed in us. We'd have just been like very happy doing a nine to five, but there is something that is put inside of us that we cannot avoid it. 
We could be like Jonah not going to Nineveh and we could wind up in the belly of a whale or we could just go to Nineveh because you're going to wind up there anyway. But you could take a long detour that may take decades before you realize I should have listened to myself earlier. This this thing that was telling me you need to do this thing. I have learned that when something Mm -hmm. is talking to me, when something is like, this is something you should pay attention to or there's an interest there, I should at least investigate. It may be that I investigate and go, nope not for me, but I'm glad I know it's not for me and I can move on along my Mary. But it may be that that thing that was kind of going, hey, take a look at this is something that's major. And all of a sudden there's a huge shift. And in my case, that was web three last year. I was like, "Ah, I've kind of looked at that before. It wasn't for me four years ago. And now I looked at it again and I was like, oh, this is for me. (laughs) But what if I'd have just said, eh, so you never know. So yeah, you have to be bold. You definitely need to shut the naysayers off and out and just not share with them because they will be very toxic in your world. They will make you second guess yourself. And we already have enough second guessing going on. We don't need others helping out in that arena. So I applaud you for being bold and taking action because it does take boldness and action to make that first step because it's contrary. Right. Yes, for sure. And it's been a journey to just try things. And becoming a coach, I feel like gave me a deeper license into just trying things because I feel like I have to lead by example, right? So if I'm telling my client to be bold, I need to be the first one to do it and then show them that I'm being bold, even if I'm scared. And if I'm telling my client to go ahead and try something, even if you fail, I need to make sure I'm trying things, even if I fail. And so it's helped me in a sense to be that leader because I have to lead myself in order to lead them and then empower them to become leaders themselves and then lead others and this whole transcendental leadership that goes on. And it's been wonderful because I feel like sometimes when I cannot show up for myself, I show up for my clients. And it's just a beautiful thing that goes on. And symbiotically speaking, it's just wonderful. I don't think I would want to stop being a life coach just because other things happen happen for me eventually. I honestly love what I do and I love helping others. So it's been wonderful. I love it. All right. Now let's give, this is words of wisdom time. If you could go back in time to that younger version of yourself or someone who is listening to this going, I want to be like Graciela. What's your words of wisdom that you would give yourself or these folks that are like, I want to be like you. So I feel like If I were to share some words of wisdom to my younger self or to anyone, it would be to trust that they know what they think they know. (laughs) I feel like if I had trusted my intuition uh, over a decade ago or 15 years ago, I would have avoided a lot of the running around like a chicken with my head cut off. And I would have avoided a lot of time wasted, I would have been a little bit more focused because I would have trusted my gut instinct when it came to relationships or businesses or whatnot. And so I feel like that's huge for some people. They have this intuition, they have their gut feeling, they have what they think they can trust as opposed to what other people are telling them, like, you're not good enough, or who are you to do this? And yet they don't listen. And so I feel like teaching people or walking them through trusting their intuition has also been one of the biggest gifts because I wish I would have done that 15 years ago. 
there's a group of folks and they do an event every year, twice a year, I think. And it's a virtual event, but they send out these swag packets and on the cover of the booklet, it says, if not you, who? If not now, when? And Mm. I'm like, yes, it's so true. And so I keep that out because I have to remind myself if not you, who, if not now, when, all the time. And I love just having that as something I can glance at while I'm sitting at my desk as a reminder that this thing that's inside of me, this mission, this message I have, if not me, who, and if not now, when. And so what you said just made me think of that. Yes, and that's exactly right. Because, I mean, people can do the same things, but nobody's going to do it quite like you, right? And that's part of our own superpower, the fact that there's nobody coaching like Graciela, there's nobody doing podcasting like you, so on and so forth. And so, re- like, thinking that, oh, this has been done before. Well, of course, all of it has ever been done. The wheel has already been invented. How are you going to put your own spin on it? Because everything under the sun has been created. How are we going to just shift it and give it our own experience that's really where the power is and if we all just didn't do things because they've already been done then none of us would do anything (laughs) yeah it'd be boring (laughs) yes we would just be twiddling our thumbs and we wouldn't have an experience at all because life has already been lived (laughs) (laughs) ah good point what love it love it okay so the folks are listening right now they're like i need to know more about graciela i need to connect with her i need to get on her newsletter i need to follow what she's doing because she is my spice and my flavor where can they go (laughs) Well, um, they can find me in my website, somcoaching.com from Song of Myself. I am also on Twitter at somcoaching. And you can find me on Instagram daily. So if like you can send me a DM or whatever, or leave a comment, I will be there at songofmyselfcoaching.ig. Perfect, beautiful, fantastic. Thank you so much for joining me for the Walk Talk Challenge. Thank you. Thank you so much.